I am recording. Oh, okay. I am recording. Okay, let's sync up in three, two, one. Hi, Chad. Hi, come on. Ah, uh, oh boy. Ooh. Hmm. I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing some noises from you, and I'm getting uh. I'm concerned, but I'm also curious. What's uh, what's up there, buddy, old pal? So, I was listening to a podcast. Oh, you should never do that, unless it's a good one. Yeah, well, I thought it was a good one. It was about news and things. You know, current events. Yep. A lot of, like, facts and data. Yep. Didn't seem very open to opinions. Seemed like they just oh, no. wanted facts. Well, sometimes facts are good. We, you know, I, I don't know. I might not. Uh, might not return. The good thing about opinions is, is we have those. We do have those. Then they're always welcome here. Yeah, this is opinions are cheap with Karen and Chad. The only thing cheaper than an opinion is this beer. Oh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, three ninety four. I don't think I've had that. Is that a local or is that uh? That is a local. Um, okay. That's actually the uh, the RBI of Tony Gwynn, who's like oh, the best cool. uh, San Diego Padre player ever. I know about the Padres because uh, I was in the Mike Sixty Four podcast, and Sean likes them. Yeah, I you know being a San Diego sports fan is very hard. Because, like, our sports tradition is to lose for no reason. Oh, just like the Lions. But, no, the Lions lose because they're bad. The the Every San Diego team will get, like, a good player, and then they'll play well, and then in the ninth inning just kind of give up. And it's like, what happened? Oh, yeah, I guess that is different. I still love you, the Lions. No matter the sport. <laughs> it's a... Uh, I feel like Lions fans are more loyal to uh, a lot of San Diego fans are so burnt out that they're just fair weather fans now. Just I sure. never looked at Padres. They never do right. And then they'll win one game and the guy comes in with a jersey. Guess who won $5 on their bet last night? Now, longtime listeners of this show will be like, hey, wait a minute. Doesn't Chad live in Minnesota? Shouldn't he like the Vikings? And the answer is yes. I don't actually give that much of a shit about football, but the the Lions are such an underdog. I feel like they deserve it at least once, right? Like, I wouldn't put money on them, but my spirit's always there. Whenever the Lions are playing, I want them to win, and then they disappoint me. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Chad, how was your week? You know, it's been um it's been weird again. I feel like headspace wise, the last couple weeks have just been like they you know, could be better. Not like not like cut wrist depressed. I did cut my finger today though with a steak knife while I was uh preparing food this morning. So I mean that sucked. But that was an accident. That wasn't a cry for help. But it you know, things could be, things could be a little better. I will say though. My cat has been, like, really extra affectionate lately. Normally, he's not one for, like, the headbutts and the, like, you got to pet me all the time and I'm going to purr. But this week, he's been really cute. And he gave me, like, four headbutts today. And normally, he only gives me, like, one a month. I wonder if he's preparing well, to cute. do something bad. I don't know. I think they kind of go through phases. 
Yeah. He's buttering me up, though, so he can be like, hey, can you let me outside to chase the birds? And I'll be like, no. And he'll be like, I'm going to go destroy things now. Cats are fun. Cats are fun. How about you? How you been? Um, I guess I've been fine, if I really have to think about it. I did a thing today uh, that I oh, want your what? opinion on. Okay. Warhammer related. So I, I had to go buy new brushes because I fucked my old ones up, my fine-tipped ones. And I'm finally at the stage with these these projects where I got to do detail work and not be totally inept. So I went and bought some brushes. I went to Michael's. And right across from the brushes, they had this package of, like, small glass squares that were kind of a mosaic transparent. And I was like, they're $2 for a package of these. I wonder if I, like, hit them with a hammer, if I could, like, use the shards as basing material for my orcs. Because I kind of, I need to rebase them. Right now it's just flat. And I, I want them to have, like, a, like walking around on crystals. I think it would be kind of cool. Honestly, that would be cool. Um, but I might look into if you can find like a plastic. The worry is that I will cut myself. Like, yeah, well, you, you'll cut yourself while doing it, or like it might come loose at some point and get embedded in the carpet. Oh yeah, I think about the second part. I'm wondering, like, yeah, it, it, like I, I still kind of want to see what happens. I'm gonna like wrap it in a plastic bag before I hit it with a hammer. So it doesn't get everywhere. I'm going to do it in the basement where there's a concrete floor. So no worry down there, right? I'm going to take precautions. I'm not totally dumb. I'm curious what it's going to break into. I'm kind of curious if it's real glass for one thing. Because I don't know. It was $2. Like, I feel like any kind of glassware should be more expensive than that. Because there's like almost a pound of this. Like, there's a lot here. It's sort of like, when you're like, oh, you know it'd be cool to base something in aquarium gravel. And then you're like, yeah, but you can only buy that in, like, six-pound packaging. Like, you can't just buy, like, a thimble of aquarium gravel that you would need to put on a 50-millimeter base. Like, you have to buy enough to fill a goddamn fish tank. And this is sort of like that. But it's like, well, if I keep buying orcs, eventually I'll have... It might work itself out, right? And if it doesn't, it was so cheap, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't care if I throw away some of these things. So I'm kind of committed. I do hope nothing uh, pops off. Oh, look at you with the I really plastic like the gems idea. for Etsy. Yeah. Like, I don't plan on, like, super gluing the really tiny, like, almost sand shards down. Those will get, you know, swept up. So I figure anything big enough, it's got to be a certain size to go on there. And if it pops off, I'll ideally notice and pick it up before I step on it and cut myself. Yeah. I mean, it can be done. It's just the sort of thing where it's like, do you have confidence that it will actually turn out worthwhile? Or are uh, you asking to hurt yourself? Let's say both. I feel like it'll be really cool if it works because it is glass. Like, and like, that would be really neat. I might go over it with like a darker wash just to kind of like dull it a little bit and kind of make it fit in with the, uh, with the minis. But yeah, Part of me is like, what's the worst that could happen? I suck up a piece of glass into my vacuum. It should be able to take that, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to seriously hurt yourself with this. It's just kind of d- depends on like, how you plan on handling it, I guess. Yeah. And but like I, you said, you're not stupid. It really comes down to like, if I hit it with a hammer, what is it going to look like after that? How is it going to break? Because it's possible it will break really terribly, and then it's possible it'll like kind of shard into something big enough where I'll have some real surface area to glue them on. 
And that's 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 the uh, that's the part we don't know. But I'll I'll probably have an answer for you over the weekend or next episode. Uh, so I want to I want to share something stupid. Okay. You know how I like content creation and I like comics and I like jokes and all that jazz. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. So you know how uh, Cyanide and Happiness has that web page where it's like they have random comic panels and you just like you generate it like a slot machine and you just mm-hmm. end up with a comic yeah so I found on the new Penny Arcade website apparently they do the same thing but it's like they didn't think it out like with the, the way Saturday Night Happiness did it they have like opening panels and closing panels and they have uh, the same two characters in all the panels, so there's always like a certain amount of consistency. Like some of these, yeah. you can believe that they were written. You can also lock one uh, in and then Penny generate Arcade. the others, which is cool. There we go. So the Penny Arcade one, they just took the literal panels from old comics. So there's like you'll get three different art styles, and sometimes a word bubble will be half cut off because it goes over the panel. And I haven't found a single one that works. And at first I was annoyed, but the more I do it, the more I'm fascinated that none of these work. Yeah, um, I'm looking at this. I wish there was a way to play Dota Underlords together. But we do play together. They're orange, you know. Seriously, that's crazy. Makes sense, though. Man, I don't know if their cocks are orange or not. I don't know anything about Oh, ducks. And then, like, the art style changes because they've gone through so many different art styles, right? And so, like, yeah, none of this... I bet you'd love to criticize that, wouldn't you? You critics, but you can't. It's not for you. Like, not... Yeah, that looks like you took three slides from three different comics and shoved them together, and it, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Okay, so I got one where uh, Gabe says, Happy birthday, buddy. I hope you dig it. And Tycho says, Blood to the Chosen. And the second panel, Gabe says, uh, Perfect, I'll take it. I don't want to go too fucking crazy. And then the third panel, Gabe says, a duck. And Tycho says, have you even been listening? Wait, did I just and get one none of the of duck these ones? At all. None of this works. <laughs> well, I know this mysterious duck comic where they talk about what color their dicks are. Um. So I, I've been having a very weird, like, anti-humor kick out of this. Oh, yeah? It, where it's like... I'm just fascinated that they have this on the front page as a feature of the website. Like, they could test this twice and go, wait a minute, this isn't working, and then not publish it. But instead... <laughs> I Part of me is like, it doesn't... It, someone will have fun with that, and a lot of people will look at it and be like, this is dumb, and not do anything about it. It doesn't, like... I don't know if it detracts from their brand, right? It's just something they made. For a specific subset of people. I, I, are they proud of it? Are they like, man, look at this fucking cool new thing. And they're like, hey, we were bored. Look what we did. But man, not a single one of these work. And then this one's funny too because it, it's not even framed right. Like they literally just took the JPEG and cut a third out of it. Because mm-hmm. this has two different copyrights on the picture. Because they changed their format over the years too. So there's like the one on yeah. the left has a copyright and the website. And then the one on the right has a copyright. And it's... Uh, it feels very unprofessional and like everything else about the site, like they, they're professionals. They do stuff. 
Um, they know how to produce content. They've gotten involved in like high budget things too. This is such an amateurish, um, like nineties thing. <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it. Meanwhile, the cyanide and happiness one is just giving me bangers. I oh, just got dude. promotion. Well, that I, would explain. I, sometimes this I like those more than the stuff they actually write. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I think they actually made that to promote their card game. <laughs> I got one where the guy's taking a shit on the other guy, and I lock that one, and I'm just clicking generate new, and it's always really funny. <laughs> All right, one more. Oh, perfect. Fucking perfect. I'm going to send this to you, and and then you will go, ha, you did it. Hi, listeners. Here, we look at we this haven't one, forgot how... about you. It cuts off the bubble there. It sure does cut off the bubble there. Uh, that's a pretty good one. So, it's the guy shitting on the other guy, and then the green guy's like, that goes against my religion, even though he just got pooped on. And then on the last panel, they're both holding a gold trophy. Oh, I, I regenerated the middle panel a couple times, and now he's just going, and, question mark, and then they're holding a gold trophy. And that also tells a good story. So, I think what we learned here today is that cyanide and happiness is funny. Granted, we've talked about them before. But they're still funny. Well, this is a very weird uh, tangent, but I am happy to have shared it with you. It was brought to us by beer... And me buying glass to break it to glue to plastic models. So, like, you know, that, that that's the episode we're bringing tonight. What's the real episode you wanted to bring tonight? I believe we were going to talk about adapting things again. And I say again because it turns out we did that before because I had to ask Alex, our, our one of our longtime listeners, uh, if we did. And he's like, yeah, it was episode four, which was called... Adapt and survive. And apparently we talked about Stephen King and Lord of the Rings. So we can't talk but about Stephen King or Lord that, of the Rings. I mean, that was a while ago. Like, that seems yeah, too long, Yeah, we've been doing long, this a while. It? I don't know. I don't even want to look at this up on SoundCloud because that'll take forever to scroll down. So the reason this came up was uh, I've been thinking a lot about video game adaptations. Because mm -hmm. I was reading an article about the upcoming Halo show. And oh, it's yeah. like, the, the, something in the interview, I don't know if this is the director or some kind of creative lead or something, but he said how, like, the script, um, like, the, the pitch or the rough draft or something for what the plot would be, they had to, like, scrap it and go back to the drawing board, like, over 300 times because they... They, they would work on something and it's like, you know, this just isn't quite right. They want to go back to the drawing board. They want to get it right. And they kept hammering about how important it is to get it right. And they kept going back to the drawing board. And they just went through so many different versions to find the right one. And then later, he also says that he never played the video games and they never looked at the video games. Oh, no. And it just kind of, um, it struck me with that. And then this like Uncharted movie where... I feel like the appeal of Uncharted is that it feels like you're in a movie. Like, you get to do these cinematic things from a movie. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're taking away the interactive part. Now it's just low-rent Indiana Jones. And uh, and really the same thing with um, 
The Last of Us, it's a compelling story, but it's like you get to be part of the story. So they're adapting right. that into a TV show so that you don't get that part anymore. And it's basically okay just going to be the cutscenes from the game acted out by actors. Oh, so it's, it's the thing I, you've already seen before, but with less fun involved. And it's like, the, these seem like, like weird ideas. As, but so, as someone who doesn't like video games anymore, would I watch a Last of Us TV show? And the answer is maybe, because I'm, I'm nervous it won't actually be very good. I, I, just, I, I know TV shows have gotten a lot better, but anything video games to this or this to video games like that, the crossover is usually not always on the side of like, well, that was worthwhile. Things have gotten better, but I'm still like, I've been, I've been burned in the past, you know, like it, it, especially like in the olden times in the, you know, mid two thousands and the late two thousands or whatever, like, like the 2010s. There we go. Like the, the, the adaptations are always bad. It was, it was a cash grab and, and people didn't know what they were doing. They didn't understand the source material. And maybe that's fixed, and maybe it's not. But I'm I'm nervous, I guess. And I think there's also good and bad examples for um, like not not everything has to be a one to one adaptation. We've said that a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's benefit and there's merit to approaching things a little differently. Uh, did you see Dune yet? The new one? No. Because I think they did a pretty good job of adapting. But I was talking to my dad about it, too, and he read the book before watching the movie. And it's like, yeah, I don't think you can accurately adapt this book into film. Like, it doesn't matter how long it is. It's like you just... You, it's a book. Right. Um, It's very much a book. I know. I've seen... um, Anytime Neil Gaiman stuff is like, hey, we're going to turn a Neil Gaiman story into, into a, a, a movie or a TV show. My gut reaction is, please don't, because... Oh, the the thing that makes Neil Gaiman so good at writing is like his prose and the way he tells the story with words, and you can't really capture that with film. Like like when the the prose itself is a character, how do you preserve that character? And I don't think you can. Like granted, I haven't seen any of the stuff of his that's been adapted because I, I just I'm not interested in it. Like if I want to watch. Or if I want to experience Good Omens, I will go pick up the book and reread it. I don't. I don't need a TV show, which I think is another big thing. Is like, what what void are you filling by taking this thing that was a book and making it a movie, or a video game and making it a movie? Like, what what are you solving? What what problem does this fix? Because most of the time, it's well, we get money. Ideally, I also think about Sonic. Because there have been how many Sonic adaptations now? Are you talking like different media, like comic books and? Because we've gotten comics cartoons. and cartoon shows and a live action movie, and each of them are drastically different from each other. Right. I I, I don't know. It it's very weird to look at the game, and it's like I know you want to promote it. You want this mascot character. You want kids to like it. So you should have a cartoon that kids get excited about. But if you actually look at the game itself, it's about a character that doesn't talk and there's no story and you run and you jump on robots and that's the depth of it. There's no uh, hidden meaning or or like twists or things. And they over the years, they like slowly begin to introduce stuff that structure it more like a story. And then later it got into like speaking characters. But if you look at the first like Sonic the Hedgehog game, 
and then you go to a cartoon studio and say, make a cartoon about this character. It's like, there's not really a lot to work with. <laughs> That's true. I feel like with Sonic, he's interesting because he's, he's more than a video game character. He's a brand. And the last Sonic is, movie, yeah. I didn't watch it, but it seemed like it did okay. It did good enough for them to make a second one. And a third one and a TV show. And we we've enjoyed some of the Sonic stuff, right? Like Sonic Boom is fun. That that car, that's a good cartoon. We've talked about oh, the the new run of comics. A couple my Blu-ray times. came Those in. Those are good. Oh yeah. Yeah, my Sonic Boom. Like it's a it's a really nice case too. Like it's like oh wow, they actually care. I think that's part of the thing, right? Is like oh they care. Like Sonic Boom is a bit different from what maybe I want out of Sonic, but their heart's in the right spot. And so is the craft. Like, there's really legitimately funny episodes of that show. It's worth watching. Whereas, what the the Assassin's Creed movie, right, with Michael Fassbender, I think was in it. Like, why is that a thing? Because to me, that was like, whoa, the video games do well, so it's a name brand people recognize. What if we make something else with it? People will go to that because they're like, oh, Assassin's Creed. I heard of that when I was in the GameStop. Let's go watch the movie. And it, it is more of a word association than it is trying to make a good product. And I'm sure the people that worked on it were trying to make something that was good. Like, can't imagine everybody phoned it in. But I think there's a cynicism from the start of that project that was just kind of dooming it to... It was never going to be more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. And I know when it comes to, like, taking books and making them movies, it's sort of like, what... What are you trying to do and are you do you understand the book, right? Because yeah, you can't typically adapt a book one to one. Um books are long, they're they're written, they're you know they they're just totally different mediums. You're gonna have to make some concessions somewhere, but do you understand the characters and then do you understand like the themes and and the big scenes that people really like? Like, you know, what makes those the things people like? And you gotta go kind of from that mindset, I guess. I was actually hoping by now that we'd have a trailer for the Mario movie. Yeah, that'd be cool. I still don't even know what to expect with that. I don't either. And I know Nintendo's so kind of protective of their IP that I feel like it should at least not be crap. But I don't. I, it's one of those. I just don't trust it until like it's out and it's good. I, I don't trust video game movies. So in the time between the first episode we did on this and, and today, which we did that episode, by the way, in 2017, uh, September of 2017, which is nuts. We've been doing this for a long time, Cameron. Um, yeah. We, we've had some new new stuff come out, right? Like uh, Alita Battle Angel comes to mind. I don't know if you saw that movie or if you've read the manga. I did not read the manga. I didn't either. But I still like the movie and I don't. I, I guess I can't tell you if it's a good adaptation or not. I can tell you that, like, as someone who doesn't understand the property, I went in and enjoyed the movie because it was weird and anime-inspired, but it clearly, like, it had a story to tell. It had an emotional hook it was really trying to hit, and it, like, had a character it was really trying to portray. Like, it had heart, and the movie was kind of messy and maybe a bit stupid, but... I think it was a good movie because, like, it, it had that special, like, passion project energy to it, right? I mean, the Warcraft movie had that as well. We probably talked about that 
back in 2017 because I think that movie came out in 2016. But you know, is the Warcraft movie good? Kind of not. But my God, it does things that are still Warcraft. It like it makes me happy that I have that movie because every once in a while it's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta get a little Warcraft fix. Oh, you know, so I'm looking at a list here of uh, Oscar nominations for best adapted screenplay. And uh, it's weird. In 2017, um, The Disaster Artist and Logan were both up there nominated. Really? And it's just kind of funny to think about how like drastically different those adaptations are. I enjoyed both of those movies. But they also both turned reasons. out to be pretty good films. Yeah. Logan's interesting because I remember like thinking it was kind of overhyped when I first saw it. And then when I saw it again, I was like, actually, this is a pretty good movie. <laughs> I think part of it is just sort of like gamer TM culture kind of just ruins anything it gets its hooks into. Yeah, it can. I'm thinking between then uh, and now, we also oh. got... um adaptations of it by stephen king dr sleep we got the uh that netflix cowboy bebop what, Wait, what did, did you get? think of um dr sleep i we like talked dr. about sleep. it but i don't remember i thought that okay, was a, a really too. faithful version of that book i mean obviously they had to trim some fat and change some things but the book itself was kind of overly long and a little messy and so trimming it was only in its favor and they, they kept the core characters and the core premise and I think the core kind of like message it was trying to deliver. And it was a good movie. It was really well shot. It it, it handled that nostalgia thing really well too. Yeah, that was that was a good one. I think it had a weird challenge of trying to be a sequel to the book as uh, The Shining while also trying to be a sequel to the movie The Shining. Yeah. Because it worked. I thought they did it. But it was also like when you really think about the thought puzzle, like, man, sitting down to script this out, you know, even with the story already plotted out for you, it's like, man, this has got to be a hard script to actually write. For sure. Especially when you're like reusing specific shots from The Shining, you know, the movie and like really hammering down what you're trying to do. And that's risky because you're kind of playing into nostalgia and you're like referencing a you know, extremely highly regarded film. And you gotta you gotta be able to back that up, right? And and I think Doctor Sleep for the most part really did, which is cool. Um it is an interesting example of an adaptation because that's a book that's fucking weird and they had to split it into two movies and they made a lot of changes. Like it is not the book. It it's the core is there. I mean it's these kids going up against this monster and then they have to come back as adults and, and, you know, shit's fucked up, yada, yada, yada. But, like, the climax to that is different. And not just because no one had sex in, in, a, in a sewer, but because, like, they beat the shit out of the clown with, with a baseball bat, right? Like, that's not what happened in the book. Um, at the same time, I think both those movies are are good. They're fun. The first one's a little better than the second one. I think it's just edited a little better. They have the vibe of the book, like... To me, they capture that spirit of the book fairly well, and they're very different objects, but I think if you watched It the movies, you would have a good understanding of It the novel as far as what Stephen King was probably trying to do. And you should go read the book because the book is really, really good, but 
it is a good companion piece. It's not a bad adaptation. It is different. Oh, I just, I was reminded of something. And I don't know if this counts as an adaptation as much as like expanding the universe. But would you count Arcane as the oh. League of Legends adaptation? I was going to bring up Arcane next too. And that's a good question. And the answer is I, I kind of think it's an adaptation. I don't know. I do too. Um, it's it's different. It's funny because I feel like you can't even compare these things. Like I I feel sad for people that fell in love with the show and like what game is this based on? I have to play it. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually why they released that card game around the same time, just so that you could like redirect people to something more tolerable. Sure. Because at the same time, I know Riot Games like. There is lore to their stuff, whether it's really in the game or not. Like, they are thinking kind of long-term with how they design their stuff, as clearly evident in Arcane, the, the Netflix show. So, is that a lot of that lore in the game? No. Some of it is, though, and I feel like it is an adaptation of what's there, plus a lot of extras. I, yeah, I. it's kind of both. I mean, okay, then what? what is KDA, right? They're... Um, or Pentakill, they're, they're, they're music projects that are also based off League of Legends properties and characters. Because like, KDA is, is, you know, skins you can unlock. That That's not, like, how those characters normally look when you play them. I don't know if we're supposed to think they're actually K-pop stars. So maybe that's not an adaptation. Maybe that's something else. I don't know how to... <laughs> Some of these things are weird. Um, I think... I, well, I know it's weird though. I think one of the characters is a like a a streamer. Like her lore oh, really? is that she's a Twitch streamer, uh, and apparently, like her appearance or her likeness is like loosely inspired by an actual Twitch streamer, and it turned into some like controversy that they're stealing her look. Oh wow! And so they might actually want you to believe that these characters are pop stars. Yeah, like they, <laughs> I, I I can't tell what they're having fun with and then what they want you to like take note of sure you know what though i mean that's a neat ground to tread other than like the possible, i didn't like, watch it yet infringement yeah um i didn't watch it yet but the cuphead show is getting pretty positive reviews i should watch that i think that'll be on I Kim cartoon i feel like it's kind um well it's on netflix right now do you do you have netflix no i don't you do whatever i don't care <laughs> um, but like with that it's funny because Cuphead's charm kind of comes from this like hey look it looks like a cartoon isn't that charming and it's like I think that's neat in the context of the game but it's kind of like Uncharted problem where it's like hey do you want to be Indiana Jones here's our knockoff Indiana Jones video game with a new story and so it's like hey do you like old cartoons well here's a game that looks like that and taking the game part out almost makes it less appealing to me Sure. But I haven't seen it yet. I can't actually judge the quality. It just, I feel less drive to try. That makes sense. And it's one of those things that was like, as a cartoon, it needs to, it needs to bring something different to the table because the gameplay is not there. And like, it can't be a lot of different weird, wacky action scenes as if you were playing a video game because you're just going to get action fatigue and it's not going to matter. So it really has to take the characters in it and actually, like, really strongly build them because that's why you're there, that in the animation. So, yeah, that'll be... I mean, that's an interesting, you know, way to look at it, right? 
I don't know if that's something we want to watch for the show, like the first episode, come back and talk about it. Oh, maybe. If I do catch one, I'll let you know. Uh, yeah, because I think that would be a fun talk, maybe. Did you, um, with the Cowboy Bebop thing on Netflix, did you watch that at all? No. Other than probably some of the, the scenes that I went watched... around the internet? Yeah, I mean, I saw the ones that were being shared. I'm certain those are cherry picked to make it look bad, but they did yeah. look bad. And so um, I didn't watch it. Either. I watched some promo stuff that they also put out, like the you know the things that Netflix was in control of, and they said, "Hey, check this out. You're gonna like it." I didn't like that stuff either. So no, but so Cowboy Bebop's an interesting way to look at adaptation, though, right? Where it comes back to what what problem are you solving? What are you adding? If you if you take something really beloved, like something amazing that people love across the board, and go, hey, we're going to remake this, but slightly different. Like, why? You're, what do you hope to achieve with that? It's sort of like, hey, they know the movie The Godfather. Everybody loves the movie. We're going to remake The Godfather, but Nicolas Cage is going to be in it now. Now, personally, I would watch that, but it, it probably wouldn't be as good as the original Godfather because, like, you can't. If something is really, really good you're not gaining anything by remaking it. You're only setting yourself up for failure, even if you're changing the medium. So it's like, oh, let's make a Godfather cartoon where the main character is voiced by Nicolas Cage. It's funny. People are going to go tune into it because they're going to want to know what the fuck it is, but they're also going to be like, why did you do this? No one asked for this. And that's what Cowboy Bebop, right? Like, no one wanted a live-action version of that because that cartoon, that anime is so good. You just, you don't need it. It it stands by itself so well. Did we talk about the Disney, like, live-action remake stuff? Um, I mean, we've probably mentioned them on and off. I don't know if those were quite as big back then. I, I They probably were. When did The Lion King come out? It might have been out. I think that came out in 2019. Yes, it did. Did so that you see uh, Cruella? No, but I, I heard that it's a really good Joker movie. It's like two different movies. I feel like they should have picked one character motivation and stuck to it. But it's like they kind of had two movie ideas. And like, I think they could have done a female Joker or they could have done this other like sad person that like gets handed a, a rough block, but she she overcomes it. Instead, they kind of waffle in a way that doesn't quite land. But sure. they created a lot. Like, it wasn't just a shot-for-shot remake of something we've seen before. It was like, hey, here's this character we know practically nothing about. So here's an entirely original story with a character you think you know, but you don't fully. And I think I applaud that approach, even if they didn't stick the landing entirely. Okay. Going back to what you said, it's like, what what does this solve? And it's like, well, it, they're telling a new story. And I think that's an interesting way to do an adaptation is to take like a little bit of something and then dive into it in an interesting way. Yeah. If they have to. It does still feel like a cynical cash grab based on name branding, right? But at least it is yes. something different. <laughs> Cats 2019 is another if one. Disney came out. Oh, what was it? Cats 2019 is another like adaptation, right? Going from oh, this that Broadway is. musical, and that's to... a that was a pretty close adaptation, right? I've never seen the musical. I know the musical is longer than the movie, but like 
the movie had more plot because uh, it, it, it created a kind of like viewer cipher character who is also confused and gets to walk through and and maybe fall for one of the, the male cats, you know, so it has a little bit of more of a Hollywood structure. Whereas uh, the musical, to my knowledge, is largely just a montage of cats singing about themselves and being really, really bizarre. I like the idea of the surrogate audience character um, just being like a normal person on the set. And every time they turn around, they go, what the fuck is that? (laughs) And that's just like they stand center stage the whole movie just going like, what is this? I I don't want to be here. Uh, the Color Out of Space. That movie came out between then and now. Uh, adapting, you know, H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, you're right. No, I did. I liked that one. That was an interesting movie because, and I think, yeah. Well, H.P. Lovecraft's work, like his writing style, not great. Like he's such an idea writer, and he's so like that thing was so fucking weird. I don't know how to describe it. It was so scary. And, like, obviously, the way he does it, there is actually, like, craft to it, in effect. I don't think he's, like, a total bum about it. But there is a conceit, right, like, that that is a thing. And he doesn't, he's not very character-heavy. He's very idea-heavy. And so when you're taking his stuff and going, okay, we're going to put that as, as, make that a movie, like, you have to really add and restructure it to make it a Hollywood movie. Because his, his stuff is just not built to do that. And... I thought that movie was pretty good. Like, hey, we got a whole family of people. We have a, a dad slowly going crazy, and he's, you know, the, the patriarch of the family kind of thing. He's weird. He's got his fucking llamas. Um, the the main character coming to, like, or one of the main characters, you know, to, to look at the water and do the water inspection, who he, he is in the book. Like, he's in there, but they give him more to do. He's not just like, this is confusing. I don't know what's going on. That part was scary. Like, no, he's like a person. I thought that was a good adaptation. It wasn't maybe as I think it's a faithful adaptation. It was faithful, yeah. Yeah. I heard somebody describe it as like uh, they're watching the movie, and their review was like, "I you know I wasn't getting it at first, but then I realized it's all a metaphor for cancer," and they were going on to like explain the metaphor, and I was thinking like, I think you could take that read from the film. But knowing the book, it's like, no, this isn't a metaphor. It's just, <laughs> he just thinks things are spooky, so he writes them. Yeah. It's like, what if scary things happened is the plot of the... It, it, it's interesting how I think sometimes we're trained to think that every single thing in the world has an allegory to it. And it's kind of weird because I'm almost seeing that bleed into real life where it's like there'll be a news headline and the first like tweet has to be like, oh, it's it's a metaphor for the it's, oh, it's just like how this happened, and it's like, or maybe it's just current events. Like, yeah. why don't we deal with the current event right now? The funny um, thing with Lovecraft, you don't have to compare is, everything to everything, but yeah, with Lovecraft and metaphors, I don't remember him having a whole lot of them. Or if they were, it was sort of like a metaphor for racism because he was really racist. Yeah, I think he did have a couple of those that you can legitimately articulate as intentional metaphors yeah there's um, one. i don't think things that tie into the plot as often there's one story where this guy's like walking around new york and he like finds this weird building and he goes up and he gets to like look out this window and see like the apocalyptic future of new york and it's been taken over by aliens that are extremely like asian coded and they've destroyed everything and they 
and he's got like describing him with these like really gross caricatures and the guy was so afraid he ran out of the building and he opens it never comes true and it's like oh that one doesn't hold up let's not make that one a movie please that would be upsetting uh so i i think somehow this episode turned into like reviews of things we've seen kind of um but i wanted to talk about really like kind of I have to backtrack my thought process now and rearticulate what I was going to say. I I think we said this on our first episode um, that like things are like creatively bankrupt, and it's funny you know doing this episode now and it's like yeah things have kind of gotten worse where it's like everything's more creatively bankrupt. Uh I think I prefer adaptations over remakes but only because these adaptations seem to have a trend of maybe at least introducing something new. Yeah. I would agree with that. It's funny because, like, I never saw the new Lion King, right? I know we kind of mentioned that, I believe. Because I, it's another one of those things where other than Beyonce being in it, like, there's no reason for me to go see it. I can just watch the Lion King. I have the Blu-ray, and that movie is amazing, and it's gorgeous. Like, you're not adding anything new by making things look really realistic like it's it's a fucking cartoon you're literally making it worse but you had a beyonce which is cool i liked the aladdin one because it was like presented so different even though the story was the same it felt more like a bollywood film in some Mm -hmm. regards yeah i heard some pretty good things about that was uh beauty and the beast that one was weird because it was like a shot for shot remake is the gaston song in there Oh yeah, it is. We talked about that. Uh, um, yes, the the Disney yeah, musical we thing. We looked at it, and like that's kind of neat. Like, and again, yeah, it's it's a it's slightly tweaked, but it was basically the same song. And like with Aladdin, um, there's like a couple songs that weren't in the original, <laughs> and like you know some of the sets look designed to look different. And say, like, oh well, that's refreshing. So I don't know. It's kind of funny okay, with a like, weird one. Oh yeah. With, like, Beauty and the Beast, I feel like the idea of doing a shot-for-shot remake of something is almost more of, like, an art project of can we do this and not, like, we want to adapt this because we want to tell a different story or we want to, like, do something new with this. It's more of can we do it? Like, like if you're tracing a picture or something, right? And I think there's, I don't know if there's, like, artistic value in there per se but i think there is value in there just to see like is it possible to take something that is a cartoon and make it faithfully not a cartoon and still good or still worth watching like i find that to be a neat idea yeah and i that should be the goal right is that it's worth watching Mm -hmm. i feel like that's not always the goal i think the goal is it's worth cutting into a trailer to trick people into seats that's good enough. Yeah. Um. Mm, mm, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> so okay, I want to go back to my weird one. The uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and the Haunted Mansion, and the Jungle Cruise, and Tomorrowland, like all these Disneyland attractions that were adapted in the movies. Yeah. I think that's the weirdest form of adaptation. That I can think of. 
I would agree. At least it's talking kinda, like major production. The, the the first three Pirates movies, I st- I think hold up. Those are well, I haven't seen them in a while, but like those are legitimately fun swashbuckling movies. There wasn't a lot like it out at the time, so they were filling a void. I know Tomorrowland did not review well as a movie. No, Haunted Mansion did not either. But apparently they're doing another one because they figured out the formula. I'm like that's great, guys. Keep it up. Yeah. Do you consider the MCU movies to be adaptations or those something else? No, I do. Um, Granted, they're not telling the exact same stories, but also I think they're typically close to like the character arc and the story arc that we're familiar with. If you've read the books, so I think that counts. Um, That is a good one to. Oh, yeah. Well, like, like the way a comic book is told as far as a story goes, the way movies are told as far as story, like, they're very different. Comic book is 22 pages to maybe 30 pages, depending on who's publishing it. A movie's two and a half hours long. Like, they're not the same thing. Yeah. And it's a challenge, too. I, I think... There's something interesting about the MCU movies, the way that they're able to tie everything into the universe. And it's like, a, at the time, it felt like this like crazy thing. It's like, I can't believe they're doing it. But it's just watching everyone else try has made it tiresome. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of like that because that's an important part of the comic books. I think the Marvel books were always fun because not only were a lot of the characters kind of grounded in a reality... But they would interact. It's like they're in New York City. So sometimes different superheroes in New York City would bump into each other. And it felt plausible. Yeah. And interesting. And it's kind of like, boy, it's it's neat to think that like you could be in New York City right now and you just might see Spider-Man swing by. Because it just felt like a world that the characters are in. And putting that into the movies in a way where like, it, like early on, I feel like they didn't do a lot. But later, like when you see fans where it's like, oh, I, I love the Avengers and in the background of the movies, like there's like shirts and people are asking the Hulk for an autograph and stuff. And it feels like, yeah, this would actually happen. Like people would know these people if they were actually superheroes, you know, running around. Yeah. Um, that stuff I appreciate. Um, we're at 53 minutes. I definitely didn't have any notes when I came into this, so I don't know if I'm forgetting anything. No, we actually talked about a lot. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact thing that really like irked me that spawned this conversation, but I think we mostly talked about things we like, which is which refreshing. Is cool. So I had an idea. This is a long time ago, and I I didn't do the idea, and I never will because work. But I remember watching a, a Photoshop tutorial and it was like, hey, this is how you can like take a picture, make it look like it's a comic book. And it was, you know, a handful of steps and the results were decent. And I was thinking, you know, what would be interesting is if you took a movie that you really liked. Um, my, my initial thought was the movie Alien, like and you screenshotted some of the main like parts of this movie. You could conceivably piece those together and actually turn Alien into a comic book by just taking screenshots and then, you know, writing the dialogue and word bubbles and, and like, half-ass adapting it. Now, granted, it would be, that would be a shitload of work, especially if you're, like, properly lettering it and properly doing panel layouts so it's easy to read and you 
capture, you know, the energy of the scenes in question. Um, I'm not going anywhere with this. It was just an idea I had as far as, like, vaguely on topic. So is your question, like, what I would want to see in a comic book form? I mean, maybe, because that stuff's happened, right? Like, they've taken comic books, made them movies um, or TV shows, and vice versa. I, I, there are, I'm pretty sure, comic books of movies. I don't Did know you ever if see the Star Trek any. ones? Uh, no, but there you go. They, they, those exist, so I've been vindicated. Uh, well, no, it was like there were live-action stills from the show. Oh, interesting. Um, I think it was it was original series. I'm having trouble remembering what that series is called. Um, but it was like it would take a screen grab from the show, so it's like the actors, you know, like, like there was no effect or anything on it, and it would have word bubbles, and it they weren't retelling the episode; they were telling original episodes, original stories, just reusing things that they already had. Oh, and it was funny because once in a while it's like they'd beam down to a planet and it just, you know, the characters are there on the planet, but they like airbrush in some extra sparkles to imply that they beamed there. And then like it's a captain, there's an alien over there and then you'd see the alien and it's like the worst drawing ever and it clashes with all the photorealistic stills. And it's like you can tell that they just like they took a shot of the characters looking at nothing and then just drew in a tentacle monster with an eyeball. And it's like, I am Glorbax. Why Why do you come here, stranger? And it's like, what is this? Like, it was the worst thing. I can't believe I can't find these. Um, I know a guy that will track this down for me, so I'll send you a copy later. But, <laughs> um, but to better, like, a better example of maybe an adaptation I'd like to see if you... Uh, Photoshop filtered a movie. I know there are movies that I like just visually that are like framed well. I I feel like um, what might be fun to read is like Terminator Two. Sure. Yeah, I, I can think see that. that movie is kind of a comic book already. Oh. How about you? I'm trying to think of, like, movies that would actually work that way. I don't know. Panel, it, it, it is, panel layout is so important because it's it, it makes or breaks things that I don't know. I mean, you, you probably think about that kind of stuff because you've drawn comic books. But I know, like, when Deadly Class was turned into a TV show uh, recently, and, like, that got, like, one season on Netflix or whatever, part of the reason people did not like that is, like, the, there's a there's a specific energy that the comic brings and how it's laid out because Rick Remender is I think he's the artist, um, is really really good at what he does, and like if if I was telling someone to write a comic I'd be like you need to read at least one or two issues of Deadly Class because you will learn a lot on panel layouts and plotting action and visual storytelling, and from what I understand that the show didn't didn't really have have that. <laughs> very well and so it's like so going from you know what what movies have really good visual storytelling well like Mad Max Fury Road maybe or um John Wick I think you could screenshot John Wick and probably turn that into a comic book oh that would be a good one you're right yeah you know what those uh a lot of those shots are framed super neat and then the benefit too is 
there's not always a lot of talking, so you don't even have to worry about like word bubble space in the first place. Yeah. That would be a cool one. If I had no other hobbies, I could see doing this. <laughs> but sadly, I have all the hobbies, and I'm, you know, mediocre at most of them. Oh, speaking of which, we got to um we got to play kill team one of these days. Yeah, we do. Or do we can carve out like an hour or two this weekend? Yeah. Let's do it. Well, we're at an hour. Do you have a glad space or anything else to add? You know what? Um I do have a glad space and it's funny that you brought up Warhammer. No, I brought up Warhammer. That's not that funny then. Ah. Um, I, so normally for glad space, I kind of like recommend something or it's something that I can say is worthwhile and turn into a recommendation. I don't know if I'm ready to say that, but I had a lot of fun playing the Warhammer VR game. Warhammer VR game, which, what is that? Uh, so it's, uh, the battle sisters, but it's just a first-person shooter. Like, they didn't overthink any of it. The, it's just a really basic game. And I think in a way... Like, it lacks a certain amount of polish, but I think they also wanted to make sure it would run on the Oculus Quest. So, like, the, the graphics are only going to be what they are. But it's really fun, <laughs> you know, to actually hold this, like, gun from the little model kits. And, like, you recognize stuff on the walls where it's like, oh, you know what? That's from a... Th- that's from a model kit too. Uh, and all the, you know, the characters, they're all like talking the way they do and stuff. And it's like, there's something cool about just, uh, you, you play VR chat. It's neat when you're like in a setting and you can just kind of lose yourself in it for a minute. Yeah, for sure. And there's something satisfying about like these cultists are running around the corner and I unload my gun in all of them and I pew, pew, pew. Um, and I, you know, I look at my ammo and I got like, one uh one bullet left and so i you know I, I have to like reload real quick but then i hear someone screaming and one came up behind me so i like dropped my sword um and it's like this one fluid motion or just turn around without even thinking and it's just like slash got him um and then reload the gun and turn around pew, 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 like action movie and it's like it's not a super challenging game um it's very forgiving because it's a little janky here and there but for something to kind of like unwind and just sort of enjoy, at least like compared to Elven Ring, where I have to pay attention, it's fun doing something where I don't have to pay attention. And I just get to feel f- like I'm having fun. Yeah. That makes sense. That sounds like a good one. I'll have to look at yeah, this. Yeah, so that's my glad space. I, I don't recommend it yet, but. <laughs> oh. Um, cool. I would say mine. I'm trying to think. I. As, as much as I sort of bitched at the beginning of the of the show, it hasn't been like the worst week ever. There's been lots of little little things that I think are are good. Uh, one of them, Heather made uh, cupcakes for for no real reason other than to do it. She brought in cupcakes on Monday, and they were like some of the best cupcakes I've probably ever had, or at least like top five. They had uh, tiramisu frosting. They had Kahlua filling. Um, they were I think kind of an angel food. Uh, cake itself base just really good she gave me a handful to take home and uh as much as i'm 
trying poorly to avoid consuming too many sweets because I don't need it. Like a really, you know, a good dessert is just it just brightens your day. So I I, I had a good cupcake this week. I like I'd like three good cupcakes this week. Not gonna lie. That's good though. I think that's my glad space. I think cupcakes are actually a very good glad space. Um, I guess we're done then. We did it. I think we did. And I think um, the film adaptation of Opinions Are Cheap will probably be on Peacock streaming for free. If I had to guess. I would say that Nicolas Cage would play one or both of us, but apparently he's debt free now and can actually like be choosy with how he picks his roles. Which good for him. Well, okay, I, look. But no, no, he's debt free for now. Yeah, apparently he owned like a half a castle. He or has something too at one many. Point, so yeah, he has like bad habits. I don't think go away overnight. Um, I not to be cynical, but <laughs> I feel like, um, I feel like maybe he'll be a little smarter about it. But I have a feeling, uh, we'll still see him. You know, getting some work. <laughs> I like Nicolas Cage I a think lot. Nicolas Cage would be a really fun Chad. I I hope so. He's like my favorite actor. I, I'll 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 state that. I think that's a a true statement. You know, I don't want to leave this. What would a who would play Cameron? Um. Hmm. I wish I knew more actors. I think Jake Gyllenhaal could play an interesting Cameron. This is depressing. Uh, so I did a Google search for um, plus size male actors, and everybody here is like half my size. Jack Black would be a good one for you. Oh no, you're right. Uh no, I want Kevin James. <laughs> Man, okay, if Kevin James had like a beard. And I guess what I what do I do? I, I whine a lot and I drink beer. I don't know if he can do that. Maybe it does have to be Jack Black. Jack Black's just a fun dude. He seems fun anyways. Oh boy. This is gonna be a good movie. And then Richard will be played by Chris Pratt. Ah, uh. I like that. That's that's the joke. No one's done that joke yet. Did you ever notice how Chris Pratt's and everything? No one's pointed that out yet. <laughs> I'm the first. I need to buy a webcam. I think. Do you? Are there any good ones? What's a brand name? That's not shit. Something that'll plug into my computer. I don't know. What do you need it for? I uh, vocal lessons with my coach would be nice. Um, we do hangouts. In Discord, every once in a while. That's a security camera. I don't want. I think you could camera. get by with a shit one. Yeah, I'm sick of stealing the one from work, and I feel like I should just like go get one. Um. Yeah, just get a cheap one. I they they're fine. Like camera technology now, it's like it's fine. Yeah, I'm on Target, and I'm trying to see if they have any like that I can just go pick up tomorrow. There's a Logitech one for like twenty five dollars. That's probably fine. Yeah. It's one of those. Are things we still recording? Like, I think so. <laughs> Sorry, I'll I'll stop. Oops.
Good night, everybody. I...